You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Hello, hello. Hey, Justin Pearson. What up, my friends? Welcome, Brian McCubbin. Hey, hey, how you doing? Real good, and Greg Hectus. What's up, everybody? On the show today, it's Build Week, and of course, we will walk you through all the goodies, including a lot of new cars, tracks, and other cool upgrades. We'll investigate if Max Verstappen was caught cheating in iRacing, and what new racing wheel was described as being a masterpiece. Yeah, that's right, Mike, and you can follow along with us on your PC or mobile device in real time as you listen to the show and listen to all these topics and products we'll discuss by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting show notes. So log on there, and we'll see you. We have a video from Build Week, and it's uh, from I from iRacing, and it's introducing the new Porsche 963 GTP with a little short two-minute promo. Yeah, so this is uh, one of a couple GTPs that uh, are coming, and you know the good news is there's going to be 12 cars, 12 different cars available uh, when you do these IMSA races. And I think, David, that number is that number because that's as many as we need, right? Well, it's probably as many as they feel safe jumping up to as well. Yeah, what I mean is I think we have all the make models, uh, if I'm not mistaken. We do not have all the GTPs, I don't believe. Okay. There's no, there's no Ferrari. Yeah, there's no Ferrari. And there's a, there was a another, it was a Gump. Gump it or it started with a G. I can't think of the name. There was another GTP that competed this year. All right. Porsche 963 GTP. Get on it. Uh, which one do you think you're going to pick at the end of the day, David, when you run these, this, this class? I already own two, so I don't, I don't see much point in buying the Porsche. Uh, I do like how the caddy sounds and I liked how the BMW drove. I purchased the uh, Acura yesterday with my, free money for my racing so i use that to uh, purchase the acura nice so as we're covering the new content the next item on the list is the ferrari 926 gte and that's interesting that they're introducing a new gte when gtes are basically going away i guess that's what confused me about this a little bit because i also thought gtes were going away well, if you look at the title of the post, I, I, I misread the heading. Uh, the title of the post in the, in the form link is GT3, not GTE. Oh, okay. You well, there you go. Let's look at the form post, huh? You know what the funny thing is? is if they were going to add the Ferrari, 
I thought they would add, like, maybe they'll wait till the next build, but I hope that that would be the next GTP that they add then, if they've already got a, you know, are in cahoots working with uh, Ferrari on some of the cars, maybe they'll get that GTP car to add to fill up the roster of GTP class. Now, I can't get to the forum post for some reason. It's telling me it just it's like acting like a bad link or something. You know what? That, that means it means it's been deleted. <laughs> so I don't know why, but uh, that's what that means. I couldn't open it either. All right, let's divert away from the uh, new stuff talk and talk about uh, stuff that we want to not exist anymore. And it is reported. I got this one. Go, well, go for it. Yeah, I just want to say the script is in chronological order, so we kind of jump around a little bit. But we heard that uh, Motorsports Games apparently hasn't paid Epic Games lately in terms of licensing fees for the Unreal Engine they use that to make the games. And so there's light, you know, they're, they're repurposing somebody else's code. You got to pay for that. Apparently they're not paying. That's what, what's been said. And this is uh, comments on an article from Traxian. So we don't know, you know, if, if this is, uh, you know, if, we don't know for sure if this is real or not, but, with all the other stuff that's happening with this company, uh, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire kind of thing. So um, remember we, we had a date of September 30th thrown around as far as the NASCAR game stuff, uh, NASCAR license stuff. So I can't wait for that date. Yeah. And um, they also mentioned that, um, that motorsports game is not fulfilling their obligations for marketing for the Indy series and the NASCAR. So, um, that combined with the epic, um, the epic licensing problem, it just seems to be all kinds of issues going on with uh, motorsports games. It's it's not looking good for them right now. I've got a sim at home and like. Well, we'll see. Maybe maybe Indy will finally get rescued and be back on the iRacing service. Just because. Yeah, that, that's right, Dave. And you know, I'm not. I'm not reveling in a in a company that that's that could be going under. You know, nobody wants to see people fail. I mean, unless there's some kind of a fraudulent issue going on, and I'm not saying that at all. So nobody wants to see somebody a company go down because you know that's going to be people losing losing jobs and all that kind of stuff. Um, but um, from our point of view, you know, we're just so desperate to get some of this uh, this content to be um, opened back up. To where we can access it again you know it's just it's just our hope for for something like this to happen all right well we cover it every, every chance we get now uh that the fact that the sim world and the real world is crossing over and and it's interesting to hear William Byron say that he relies on his sim driver to help him. I don't know if this is supposed to be drive or driver. It says driver on the actual tweet. So he uses that to help him prepare for the Darlington race and beyond. He's uh, referring to Nick Ottinger. And basically in this 30-second video, he tells the reporter that, you know, he, he asked Nick for a setup, you know, like for Darlington. Um, and then at the end of the video, he's basically saying the last couple of years, you know, it's really changed where we're relying on iRacing and we're even developing setups, uh, that we end up using on the real track kind of thing. And, 
so that he said something to that extent um you know pretty cool that you know he's relying on the coke series guys to for help in the real race yeah, he even, I like it how he even name drops Keegan Leahy on 2311. He says he sees him around the track. I, I love seeing articles like this. Just imagine if a one of these setup shop race setups actually ended up on the NASCAR track in real life. We got a Ryko setup in the 18 car. Yeah, that'd be something, huh? McCony setup shop, uh in the Denny Hamlin car. It could happen in a way. Well, I mean, the way that William Byron kind of talks here, um, it already does. I mean, it sounds like he's transferring knowledge he's gaining from iRacing and from Nick Ottinger into the, into the real race weekend, but only he really knows exactly how much carries over. But, uh, you know, he did mention the word setups. All right, as we continue to talk kind of real-world crossovers, we have a post, Justin, by uh, Milad Rabin, where he found himself racing at Darlington with SVG. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, I believe, a streamer. I've seen him on Twitch, I think, a couple of times, and it looks like he kind of races with SVG a little bit. Yeah, kind of a funny video. I mean, that's what he calls it, racing against SVG. Um, but, you know, Malik Ray, Casey Kerwin, and some other A-list drivers are in the race as well. So it's not just Shane Van Gisbergen. But, you know, everybody gets that, you know, rock star effect, you know, when you get a real cup driver, in this in this case, a cup winner, uh, in the race with you. And you, and you kind of see how you stack up. Now, of course, this is an oval. And I'm sure Shane is, is going to run as much iRacing as he can to get ready for next year. You know, yeah, no, I think he's doing a limited oval or a, a mixed oval, you know, trucks, Dar uh, Xfinity Cup next year. It's not announced yet, but that's uh, basically what's rumored that's going to happen with his career. So, yeah, between now and then, he's got to get some oval seat time, right? Yeah, no, no doubt. And, and Malad Radman, he actually uh, ran a really good race, all things considered. It was kind of funny. At the beginning of the video, he's like, man, I only did like 40 laps of practice. I come in, in this race, and I'm racing against SVG and all these pro drivers. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he actually actually, he actually he ran a really good, solid race. He finished the top 10, um, and uh, he was two laps down at one point, and he got his laps back. So uh, it was actually a really good run for him a lot. So, uh, so even though he was a little starstruck and a little intimidated at first, he actually uh, put together a good race. Yeah, entertaining uh, top split oval racing, right? <laughs> All right, so we've got the Season 4 contest coming up, which are kind of the same as the Season 3, where you can throw your throw a sponsor on your paint uh Within iRacing, run it, and every chance, every time you run, it's kind of an entry into a drawing with prizes from McConey Setup Shop, Butt Kicker, Sim Magic, Moser Racing, Rigmotech, Falcon Tire, DOF Reality, Next Level Racing, and Pure Driving School and Sim Lab. Um, so they're they're all up there and, uh, on various different series. I don't think we need to read them all. Um, no. The, the paste. Well, the, oh, this is interesting. Um, I'm totally running down the wrong uh, 
Yeah, you're kind of going down the wrong path here, uh, David. What this post was really about was people were asking about how this works where, you know, you can participate in this contest. And we had a, a, a post from a staff member, Angela, and she basically says this, quote, you will need to disable trading paints to enter the contest. Thanks. And then ever since that post, me and a few others are kind of questioning that. Like, is that, how is that possible? Like, I don't understand. Like, so you, let me, let me break this down. So you go into the sim, you go into the paint shop in the, in the beta UI or whatever you want to call it, the beta UI, you go in there and you do the paint shop and you put these sponsor logos. Like I put sim magic on my, my, my car. All right. Then I go race in the late models or whatever. And I, and I run it during the season. I should have an entry for the contest. Now, how would I racing, if she's correct, you know, you would have to disable trading paints. Is iRacing in the background looking to see if you're running trading paints? And if you're running it, are you immediately disqualified? I mean, that's the way it reads. Well, add to that, even if you're not running trading paints, if you have a tra- custom paint installed on trading paints, it's going to show up for everybody else. So what's the point? They wouldn't be able to. They wouldn't be able to do it by detecting whether or not you're running trading paint. So what they'd have to do is go see if if you have a paint on trading paints or not. It, right, and so is that's a third party. And so are they looking at the database of trading paints to see if you're logged in? Or I mean, maybe I can have a trading paints account, but I don't have it installed. I mean. There's so many things wrong with this. I, I just thought I would bring it up. I don't know if I'm right or not, but uh, it doesn't you know, matter whether does... installed or not. It matter. It would matter if you have installed. If you put a paint on, if you go to Trading Paints and pick any paint, everybody that runs Trading Paints is going to see it, whether you have it installed on your computer or not. Right. But I think the whole idea or the point of the contest is. Go put the Sim Magic, you know, logo on the car. So when you run the late model, other drivers see it who don't use trading paints, right? It's not for me to see it. It's for uh, what other people see, really. Anyway. <laughs> well, one thing you might be seeing on the track a little bit more, especially if you run IMSA, is the uh, Acura ARX. Let's talk about that one, Justin. Yeah, they got a tweet here saying, get ready for the Acura ARX 06 to hit the iRacing track. You can drive the number 10 Konica Minolata Acura. I might have butchered that. ARX 06 beginning September 6th as part of the 2023 season four build in the GTP class. You know, this confuses me when I see... You know, Honda is tweeting about Acura, but then you look at the steering wheel and it says Cosworth. So who actually makes the motor? I have no idea. When it says Cosworth on the steering wheel, that indicates it's a Cosworth, you know, engine. But what do I know about GTPs? Not much. Uh, Greg said he bought the car. I don't know if he told us how it it ran, but... Is there... Acura, kind of like Nissan, and uh, what was the old brand that was also Nissan back in the past? 
Well, I assume Honda owns Acura. That's why they would be tweeting okay. about this. But all right, it was um, there. There were a lot of times when the two bodies were like different brands with the same, literally the same body, right? The What's Toyota. neat about this? Uh, when you look at the in-car view of this car, on the right, it's got that PSP Pro Sim panel that we've been drooling over the last few weeks. Uh, it looks just like it anyway. Well, and along with a tweet, there is a video just like the one that was put out for uh, the Porsche that's on the on the script. Love that steering wheel. So this is the next one, David, is kind of what I was referring to either uh, to earlier that we do are going to have a full field, the 2023 IMSA GTP field um, is available in its entirety on iRacing starting this next week. Well, that would be the uh, the full field that iRacing owns. Now, I do seem to recall that Ferrari's GTP wasn't ready for the for the last IMSA season either. Um, I think I may be I may be misremembering that, um, but they don't have every car scanned. But every car that is scanned is in the field. Cool. So this next one, uh, since the update's already been done, do do we want to cover it? It's basically the downtime. Well, this one's about the test drive. So they made some changes to test drive. It's open for an additional 24 hours after the deployment has been completed, not started. So it could be, you know, 22 hours or uh, excuse me, 26 hours if the deployment took two hours, you know, plus 24 so that's pretty cool. Uh, before, you could only do it during that two hours that they were deploying. So once they finished it, test drive was closed and you couldn't do it. But this is where you can drive any vehicle on tracks you own. That's definitely good because a good large chunk of uh, iRacers are probably working when the patches are happening. Right. I uh, wasn't smart enough to take advantage of this. I was thinking I wanted to try some of the new cars that we're going to be talking about here shortly, um, but I wasn't smart enough to do it. Well, how many of you are all excited for the uh, the next 87 car to be put out? I mean, I'm excited for it because I like to run these cars, and, and the more different models in the race, the better eye candy, you know? It, it, it looks cool you know when we have different makes in the and, and when these with this particular series of cars they look quite different from each other i mean you can really tell the buick from the pontiac you know i haven't ran this series yet how many models are there and this is the fourth one i think and we were they were asking in chat is it the oldsmobile that has not been put in yeah, yeah, I think the Brian Oldsmobile talked about that up. last week. Yeah, the Oldsmobile has the same body shape as the Buick. I think that's what the point was. Right. So from a distance, I wouldn't be able to tell them apart in a race. Right. And somebody could actually just throw Oldsmobile stickers on it, too, if they wanted, right? Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah exactly. as a workaround. They probably have. Mm-hmm. And they probably have, too, yeah. It's fun, Justin. I, I definitely recommend uh, 87s. Um, be 
careful. You know, you got to go into it with an open mind about your I rating because if you have some bad races. <laughs> well, I'm sold on it after Tyler. I think it was Tyler on our team doing that Firecracker 400. So I'm going to do that next year and the next time they do that. Well, you, have, you really can't worry about your I rating if you do NIS either at this point. I know. Or if you have brains you can go to NIS. Yeah, or or if yeah, or if you do the new uh, drafting series, I don't know that, that could almost be a farming situation. I usually gain a I rating in the drafting series. I lose safety rating though. At least I definitely did this time around at Daytona. That's my biggest dilemma this week is trying to decide about the Draftmeister series. If I'm gonna go farming, am I gonna go lose my butt? I don't think I'll run it. It's uh, just. No, but I know uh, what I know. You're not running this week, Mike, is the Bristol 500. Yeah, I was confused. I uh, told the team to di I'm like, holy cow, we have a full distance race this week. And you're like, what? No, it's Kansas. I'm like, huh? And so I was looking at the app, uh, the iRacing app, and they put out an article this week that basically said, you know, in big, uh, you know, bold letters this week. Bristol 500, you know, and I think it was like on Monday they put it out. So I'm just like, oh my, okay, we have Bristol this week because I really don't pay attention much. I just kind of, oh, okay, yeah, we'll go on to the next week. You know, there's 36 of them, you know, they all kind of blend together. And so uh, I had no idea. And then you guys got me corrected in the group chat. And uh, I found this in the forums. I wasn't the only one who saw that. And uh, there was a forum post uh, put up where, you know, somebody mentioned it. Um, so there is a staff member that apologized that they had made a mistake and uh, copied down the wrong date or something. Bristol's next week, full distance. All right, Brian. So the only, uh, I guess, surprise that we might have had in the build is the Super, Super Formula SF23. Yeah, that's right. So um, yeah, we, we saw this video like right before the um, before the release was dropped. And uh, iRacing put out a video um, announcing the Super Formula uh, Championship Racing Series in the SF23 Toyota car. So um, if you're not familiar with it, uh, there's a video from Stuffy, S-T-U-F-F-E-Y-Y. -Y. He posted a YouTube video that explains the series, series for those who aren't familiar with it. It's basically uh, the top-level formula series in Japan that they race over there. So um, that, that's what it is. And, uh, yeah, I don't remember hearing anything about this prior to the release. So to me, this is one of the surprise announcements that came through. I've never even heard of this series until this announcement. Um, but what I've learned is um, some people were speculating it would replace the F3.5 car. Um, it's very similar to that. Um, uh, somewhere I saw iRacing didn't have plans of stopping the F3.5 series, though. But um, other people are saying this is a, a great car in a series as a the stepping stone uh, similar to F2, like before you get to F1. Um, and, and this car is better uh, than an F2 car as far as corner speeds are more similar to an F1 car. A quick glance at the video also says something about an overtake system. So it's got a pitch to pass similar to iRace, or to the, uh, the car that shall not be named. 
yes, there is a, a, a push to pass uh, deal. I think he said it was unlimited in the practice he was in. You could use it anywhere on the track. The uh, the video says during a race, 200 seconds is what you get. So I don't, you know, I'm still don't feel like I can move up to these bigger cars. I'm still trying to master some of the mid-level cars. I think I'm okay in the lower cars like the Skippy and the uh, the, the Lara one. Uh, the the other one, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of thinking I'm going to be running this series this season is the F4 FIA uh, races, the regional championships. I think I'm going to do those on a Thursday night. I'm going to run once a week. All right, Justin, jumping back into the iRacing and real world genre, we've uh, got Brian McCandless talking to iRacing, calling it the lowest barrier to entry to get involved in motorsports as he was uh, talking with Parker Kligerman. Yeah, um, he talks with Parker here about, you know, iRacing giving an opportunity, you know, get getting within the sport. Um, Parker's on a podcast I listened to with Landon Castle, The Money Lap. If you guys have ever listened to it I, or need a podcast to listen to, I recommend that one also. Uh, yeah, I love Parker. He's so good for the sport. You know, he 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 does TV. He was a driver. He does iRacing. I, I just think he's awesome. Yeah, and he has some neat things to say where people uh, approach him. How do I get how do I break into NASCAR either as a driver, maybe an announcer, maybe as a crewman or some other kind of job. And his go-to answer is basically get involved in sim racing. That's going to open the doors and help you figure out, you know, what, you know, it helps. And that's basically the what, what he described. He says it so much more eloquently though than I <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, before, you know, sim, ra sim racing and I, ra you know, I racing and NASCAR kind of got this thing going. Um, nowadays, I mean, you certainly can cross over. I mean, you look at Raja Karuth and what he's done. Yeah, and it's given people opportunities who, who you know, who don't know how to get into the the sport you know um if you if you don't have either the funds or the um or the history in your family history or something like that getting into motorsports is really difficult and uh i racing kind of really kind of opens that that uh, door to at least get your foot in get a feel for it and then um then you can go from there and i think that's a really good point because um other than that, it's it's not an easy sport to get into. Uh, like um, guys who who might live in metropolises, um, you know, that's really hard to get into, and that's where the majority of the population is. It's not in the rural areas that have local dirt tracks or or local uh, local small tracks. It's uh, the populations are in the cities and. People, and people who live there don't have that kind of uh, opportunities. Um, so this our racing is perfect for that. Yeah, Keegan Leahy is like a perfect example. Like you think about that him, this kid who, who you know, studying to be a weatherman. He lives in like the white tundra of Canada, you know, up in the snow. 
there's no racing around, you know, there's no opportunities to get into motorsports up in the, the white tundra of Canada, you know? And so, Hey, he gets involved in iRacing. He excels at it. He gets, now he's working for Denny Hamlin. He's traveling to the track every week as part of that 2311 team. I mean, what a story, you know, to, it definitely broke, broke him in to the business for sure. Yeah, exactly, Mike. And it, and it doesn't have to be in a driver as a driver, you know, like you said, uh, you know, you can get in as a broadcasting. There's, there's, uh, there's different places where you can uh, apply to be broadcasters for um, leagues and things like that. And, you know, if you, uh, if you put in the time and the effort and you have some skill, you know, you can really start moving up from there. It just it's another avenue to help us get connected with racing period motorsports right like let me give you another example of what you talk about with this just a connection i'm a big nascar fan i have been for my entire life it's been a long time but because of my association with iRacing I feel like I have a connection with Shane Van Gisbergen SVG because I've raced with him on the track a few times and just that is just that little connection this makes watching a NASCAR race at Chicago street course that much more sweeter when he smoked those guys, you know? And so just that little connection, I mean, there's, like you said, it, it gives you all these different connections. Um, and if you're into motorsports, you should be into sim racing. Yeah. Just like it, it relates more. It helps you relate more, you know, like when they're broadcasting and Kansas has got that big bump and turn one that kicks you around. If you got the, wheel too turned or got too much wheel in it and you know when they talk about that it's like i felt that you know i know what they're talking about pretty cool all right uh back into the build arena we have a major ai upgrade with eight cars five of them new and 18 track configurations and seven circuits that are across seven circuits that's going to be available for the iRacer singer player mode and the release of the new build you know, I got to say, AI is part of my weekly routine now. On a Tuesday night, uh, running 20, 30 laps on the NASCAR track, getting ready for Wednesday night. I run at AI. Uh, this week, especially week 13, um, there was no A open as usual that you could kind of run as a test. Um, and even when there is, I usually don't because I'm trying to save my rating, but. The AI testing has been working for me, so yeah. Yeah, it seems like iRacing is really putting a lot of uh, time and effort into building that AI system. You know, when it first came out, it was pretty limited, and they just keep building and building on it. Um, who knows? Uh, we heard them talk about possibly having like a career mode or something like that, and you know, in order to do that, all this AI content's got to be available. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe that's part of the process of getting to that point of doing career mode stuff. Yeah, I think they're just trying to knock it out, you know. Let's finish it up. Let's get all the cars where they can do AI, you know. Why not? Um, I I think, you know, for an iRacer that's coming up or, or a newer iRacer, I think AI presents – uh, something that I, that you would do that in the past we before AI we would never do you know so like you know fat you know go backwards in time you know seven years 
And what did we do for practice? You had to go find a practice. You had to go host a race. You had to jump into an official practice. Um, you, you had limited options. And in there, there would be limited amount of cars, you know. Um, you couldn't practice restarts, you know, with all these 40 cars and stuff like that. So the AI has really opened up opportunities. And I think, you know, as a new driver coming up, I'd be doing a lot of testing in AI before I get into a real race. I just see that my workflow would work that way. Doesn't all the AI work also have them in a better position uh, to maybe do the console thing like we're speculating? I think so. You know, they're getting repetitions, if anything. You know, they're they're getting <laughs> used to it. They get the, the, the staff that knows how to do it, and yeah. I wish there, uh, I could skip around the uh, copyright notice on the Bad Boy song for the next one. Uh, but, Ma Justin, did Max cheat? Um, maybe. Uh, DJ E. EJ um, posted a video of some evidence of Max Verstappen may have cheated in iRacing. It, he's got a point. If it's true, you know, he dug in and said that, you know, the times don't really match. He just finished a race, but he was actually logged into a race just minutes after the race. So he thought that was pretty fishy. Yeah, it was it was timed wasn't it timed when he started with uh, team redline like his uh, i rating was pretty flat and then he started with team redline and his i rating went through the roof like like immediately and i think there was one day that it long that he was racing for 13 hours in one day um so he, the DJ EJ thought that was kind of fishy and kind of went through his, his finishes. And, and you're right, Justin, he, he compared them to his actual race times and some of them were like almost right on top of each other. Like, did, did Max finish up a, a Grand Prix race, jump into his trailer in, in 15 minutes and start up a start up a, a road race on iRacing? Possible. He's got, a, he's got a ring in his plane, so maybe he did. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, it seemed kind of fishy to DJ EJ. It was kind of cool video he put about it. <laughs> I just, I'm curious how you get this idea and how do you figure out, oh, okay, I got to look at the Formula One schedule, look at the GMT time of the race. When did the race end? Oh, he's still on site at the race. He's probably doing a podium right now. And then I have this result that said he finished in a GT3 car at the same time. I guess, I mean, you got video evidence of him, you know, on the podium. I don't know. Yeah, I know it's Max Verstappen and all, but, you know, iRacing frowns pretty heavily on other people driving under your name if that's what happened. So it would not be a, it's not something they usually take lightly. Right. And that's the insinuation of this video is that somebody from Redline is driving as signed in as Max while Max was racing at F1. That's pretty perplexing. Well, we have already talked about a lot of the pieces of the update, but uh, it's time to look at the patch notes. Uh, and the highlights, we've already covered quite a few of them. The Acura, the Ferrari, the Grand Prix, uh, the Porsche, the Super Formula, uh, what we haven't talked about is the circuit circuit de la, le Donon. 
Kern County Wastewater Park, or Circuit Zandervoort has a rescan and update. Um, some more sim optimizations that include more loading times and reduced memory usage. Uh, this is probably the biggest feature of the update, the ability to load the 12 cars per model, isn't it? I think it's a big one for sure. Um, I I like, from an oval driver perspective, the spotter changes. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but there's some new spotter calls that they call out, especially when you have damage. Like I had a minute and a half damage, and he told me, we can fix most of it, but not all of it, or something like that, the spotter says. Um, and there's some other calls. What were they, Justin? Do you remember? There was one about the tires. Uh, I'm trying to find it here. That was really interesting. Uh, this change should provide much more realistic experience for grip momentum when driving on grass, sand, gravel, grass slash creek and other off-track surfaces. So if we go sliding through the grass, I, I wonder if we're going to get stuck or really slowed up like the real cars do. We're going to have to try the grass, yep. Yeah, I run a really low setting on the spotter calls, so I don't. I haven't picked any of those up because I still, I still prefer the uh, Gucci spotter options. So title idea, try the grass. Um, there's a uh, driver audio filters like ear protection and helmet effects. They've worked on the results page. I wonder if that's on the website or the or the UI. Oh, guess what? Uh, in the UI, I went and looked up my points, and they show me what position I'm in in my division now. It says second instead of 68th or whatever. <laughs> they finally heard me and fixed it. Good, good. Another thing they fixed, uh, 12 damage model upgrades up to the new damage model. Um <laughs> The new GT cars, all the new cars, I think, coming out. It looks like the uh, Xfinity cars have it now, right? As And um, also the Wheeling Tour, the SK Modified, the Ford Mustang FR500, as well as the Dirt UMP. Now, back to the spotter, yeah, you can turn on this helmet effect, which I did turn it on, and it gives like the little chirp or a little click as the spotter or the crew chief keys up and then after he's done talking you hear a little click as it turns off so it sounds more like a rate you know proper radio transmission do we need to actually open the script or is that a pretty comprehensive uh highlight list well i'm kind of rolling down it just to look real quick um the force feedback there's they they added this intensity slider to the driving controls option screen. This slider replaces the auto force factor setting value previously found in the app INI file. This controls how the auto button in the F9 box behaves with the slider set to 100%, it behaves as it did last season, giving you the max force that your wheel can produce. With the intensity slider set to zero, it'll attempt to both lower the forces as well as give you some variation from car to car. So cars with higher force feedback will feel heavier. So I'm going to run that 100%, I guarantee you. I, I didn't like it when he changed it to zero. Now he's put it on a slider uh, so you can do what you want. But if you want it normal, you want to make sure to find the, uh, slide that to 100%. 
Here's something we had we haven't covered actually. The race control, several penalties have been changed from stop and go to drive through, including uh, exit checkpoint failures are now drive point drive through penalties. Pass inside penalties are now drive through, and uh, the jump start rule for standing starts is also just a drive through. All right, pretty good build. Um, I was kind of hoping for rain, but there was quite a bit, uh, you know, now that we go through it. I mean, the next three, David, are just uh, post-build videos of the content we've already talked about. Yep. Xanderville, Lidenol, and Kern County. And then the next post up is the race schedule. And I um, haven't been through it all, but no, but the most notable change, I think, at least in our wheelhouse, is the changes in the sports car. IMS is now Class A, and there is no European Sprint Series anymore. There's a, there's a Class B GTE cl uh, series that has kind of replaced it. What I'm looking for is I, I mentioned the FIA um, F4 regional championship thing i'm also looking donnie spikers trying to talk me into running uh mazda cups on oval apparently is happening this series uh this this uh, season so might get involved in that too okay the next question question or article is about uh, a sound issue and it sounds like somebody has rice krispies in their in their headphones but there's no snap or pop there's just crackle Right, Justin? Uh, iRacing introduces the new circuit D-Lee-D-Me-On with the YouTube video, and I haven't seen this one yet. We're a little further I down. I the wrong one. Oh, well, some oh, drivers are noticing it. a crackle sound in the ear, and it, David Tucker says they're looking in, into it. That's the gist. The sound is different. I told you guys this last night in the race uh, several times, that I ran AI race Tuesday night, I ran NIS Wednesday, and the sound is different. I can't tell now. I don't. I don't know if it's crackles to me. I mean, people say it crackles, and he's telling he's telling people turn off your LFE. No, I'm not turning off my LFE. That's part of my sound. Um, if he's got a mess, he's got to clean it up. But there's definitely something different with the sound. I can't put my finger on exactly what it is in my sound, but it doesn't sound the same. It sounds muffled. That's interesting because I didn't notice any difference in the sound, but I did notice some my, that my LFE background noise was higher. Yeah, I, something's changed. I haven't placed it yet, and I, David Tucker's looking at it, so he'll figure it out. Yeah, it seems like they've done a lot of tweaking with the sound on this uh, build, so maybe it's just a little little thing they need to work out, but. And we have one event left on the calendar uh, as far as special events. We're getting towards the end of the year. It's a post by Greg West, and it's the Bathurst 1000. So this is the one that's run at Mount Panorama in Bathurst in New South Wales, Australia. Um, and it's definitely their big event. There, there's two big events that, on the track. One is GT3. One is Supercars. And this one is the Supercars. The start times... Um, these are, these look a little different, don't they? Well, they have one for Aussie, and then they have three U.S. servers. So, but it's yeah. next weekend, not this weekend. The um the Aussie time seems different than I remember because it's going three, seven, twelve, and sixteen. 
So, um, yeah, it's a little bit different than the standard times they've had, but not not drastically. And it, correct, it is running on the 16th and 17th. Got to have the pretty much the standard special event stats of a D 4.0. It'll be a 30 minute warm up, attached qualifying. Got to have, uh, I, th I believe it's a team event, you, so you've got to have two people running at least. podcast housekeeping leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform to make it easier for more listeners to find us mention that podcast to your fellow drivers so they don't miss out we appreciate it check out our discord and get involved in the conversation and check out our website for the show notes and see visually everything we're talking about don't forget, we have a brand new merchandise store. Get your iRacers Lounge podcast hat, shirt, jersey, a giant mouse pad. Um, there's all kinds of cool stuff for sale. Uh, please check it out. You can type in a link, iRacersLounge.shop, .shop, instead of .com. We're in regular rotation at the Performance Motorsports Network. All right, how did everybody do in fantasy this week, Brian? Well, taking the win for the week at Darlington was Res Dog. Um, Res Dog's back, back to form. He, he's one of our better uh, fantasy uh, participants. Nikki Bobby, 420, finished second. Two girls, one amigo, finished third. Um, Louder Racing was fourth. Um, so we have to go a little ways down to find some some teammates here. Um, I believe number uh, nice place is Steve Thompson, but he goes by Dwayne Bluer Tranny on that one. Um, and uh, Justin Justin uh, we got nineteenth place, so not a great week for uh, Tafosi. <laughs> I'm just gonna check my roster here. Ruex got. I mean, I had a. Uh... I had Byron, Bell, Blaney, Wallace, and Suarez. <laughs> so kind of Toyota heavy. Now I bet a little on the side money, and I put money down on Byron on a top three and Bubba Wallace on a top ten. That paid me good. Nice. So uh, in the overall standings, uh, Canadian is still leading the pack uh, with a 120-point lead over Team Duan, North-South Racing third, NASCAR, NASCAR Jedi's fourth, and Iris and Mason is fifth in the overall standings. There was a point of that race, I thought Kevin Harvick was in a position to win, and he got some bad luck or something. Um bad timed caution or something but yeah that was a bummer that was on Riddick that was just not smart but he just slammed on the brakes while in turn three uh, Cone just about at a yeah mid turn three and just thought he could pit at full speed and pit road was on his left already and uh, Ryan Newman ran over him didn't he yeah yeah this is what I think one of the hardest pit roads to get on in NASCAR. What do you guys think? Not going to lie. I've yeah. spun it out before going there. It gets real tight at the end. It wants to turn left and you got too much wheel and you're going. 
and the transitions are really harsh between the or, um, between the banking and the flat can make it make upset your car a little bit. It's it's tough. It's it's not an easy track in any aspect. <laughs> I remember races there in previous years where I come in after a run. There's no rubber on the tires anyway. You go driving it in there, and you slow down a little bit, turn the wheels to the left, and it doesn't turn. The car doesn't turn. I think it cleared up. Mike, your signal went really sloppy there for a second, didn't it? He was uh, Sorry chop, about that. choppy on video and audio. The biggest thing I find about the pit is that it really just kind of sneaks up on you. You don't realize, realize how far you have to turn to, to get down there. Something else that I do different than other drivers getting on the pit road there is I get down off the back stretch. I don't wait to turn three. I get down really low by the inside wall and I approach pit lane right against the inside wall. Like there's a painted logo there. I drive right over it. All right. What about this this week? I mean, who do you guys like um, for Kansas? Gotta well, be the uh, Hendrix cars, right? Yeah, I was gonna say you're going back to the mile and a half, the cookie cutter type, and that usually favors Hendrix. So, um, I would definitely look at Byron and Larson would be my two favorites from there. I was gonna say Hamlin right. and Larson. It's gonna be another one show. I mean, what what was the last one they went at it where Hamlin fenced him? Oh no, that was Pocono. The uh, there was another one before that, Michigan. I think it's the same track, just about. They call it a mini Michigan. I heard that referenced on a podcast today. Um, Ross Chastain has been really quiet lately. Um, I wonder if, if he finally starts to... And he usually does okay on mile and a half. Maybe it's his time to step up and make some noise. There was a, a point in the season where every week all we were talking about was Ross Chastain this, Ross Chastain that. I mean, he was the topic of conversation now you don't even hear about it then if you look bowman gets real good finishes at kansas too that's a good oh, dark horse pick that block that bowman did on suarez that was like atrocious i couldn't believe that he drove him down to the the nitty-gritty man i thought i was watching i racing Metro Ford of Chicago delivers to you. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, we have over 160 vehicles in stock. Living large or strapped for cash, good credit, no credit, doesn't matter. It's all good at Metro Ford of Chicago. We offer easy financing and guaranteed credit approval. Visit eMetroFord.com to view our complete inventory and tell them Patrick sent you. Metro Ford of Chicago serving Chicagoland and beyond for over 35 years. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. It is time for some hardware software sponsored by the Metro Ford of Chicago. And we're going to open it up with a, a Daniel Morad video featuring the ultimate racing simulator. So what do you think of this one, Mike? He builds a new rig. You know, he's got a great rig already. He's got some great sponsors, though, that want to give him more equipment. So he basically built a new rig. And, uh, you know, ASR Pro for the cockpit. And, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. The other thing I want to say while we're talking about the, pro, the, the new Pro rigs, 
you know, SimLab has a pre-order for their pro rig um, that lots of times is visually referenced by seeing these flat sides on the 8020. Uh, uh, you, you know, maybe paint it and that kind of thing. Uh, I, I was telling the group, my group, uh, I think this is like the turning point for cockpits. I think this is going to be the next go-to cockpit is the pros that ASR has put together and SimLab has put together. In fact, Sim, it came out that SimLab P1X is being replaced by the this pro version rig that they're uh, pre-ordering. And my understanding is you won't be able to buy the, the tried and trusted P1X that David Hall has, that I have, that others on our team have. Seems like a lot of these 80-20 rigs are starting to get a little bit more, um, not not fancier, but they're, they're leaving a lot more space for um, individuality by the manufacturers, where you can see certain things that are a little different, like the flat plates like you were talking about, Mike. And when we look a little bit later at the, um, at the, uh, the other Pro, it's got some unusual designs that you don't see in other 80-20 basic style looking rigs. Um, the, only, the only thing I, has, I, I just hope that stuff doesn't take away from some of the customizability of the 8020s because, you know, if you have a flat section and you don't have the bar with the slots, you can't add extra stuff to it. So um, I just hope that that doesn't get lost in these uh, in these this new direction they seem to be going. So um, I've been glancing through the video. Uh, he did get the active pedals, right? Also, um, it's interesting on the, the ultimate base. Yeah, yeah. On the accessories, it's interesting as well. He's got both a uh, stream deck, not stream. Yeah, stream deck, as well as the other one that looks like the stream deck, but it's not really a stream deck. The PSP, yeah. Pro sim panels that we've been talking about for the last few weeks. Yeah, he's got that. He's got that Porsche wheel rim, the really nice one from, um, where is it from? I forget the name of it. He's got SimCore. Yeah. The grid by Sim SimLab, is it? Is that what that is? Yeah, it's like a very high-end wheel. He's got the ultimate SimiCube, like not the Pro I have, but the next one up. Um, he's got the active pedals. He's got a really nice seat. He's got D-Box motion. He's got a really unique camera mount. Uh, he's got actually three cameras in his studio. He kind of goes over that a little bit. He has a really cool shotgun mic for his audio, which is a really good idea for streamers. Instead of getting this a regular mic up in your face that blocks your vision, get one of these shotgun mics that just points at your mouth, and you keep it two, three feet away from you. Great idea. I mean, what else do you see? I mean, this is like an ultimate setup, uh, you guys, as far as what uh, products to pick, you know? <laughs> Does he say a price? Spared no expense. Spared no expense on that one, right? Does he... I don't think he bought any of this, to be honest, Justin. Is it five monitors? Does Is his streaming monitors up there at the top? Is that actually two monitors or just like an ultra ride? I don't know. Looks like a, a wider ones, yeah. You got lighting as well for the video stuff, and the walls are all blacked out. He's got helmets and stuff on display, and other art, art, artsy stuff that looks cool. 
but when you get like if you go to the 11 and a half minute mark or 11 minute mark or so he kind of zooms out to show you the whole room as a whole and it really is like a it looks like a, a video sh you know shoot you know there's big lighting he's got cameras everywhere you know I think uh, as far as triples go, they're not big enough to be called the ultimate racing sim. So that's the only thing. And he admitted it in the video. He said, this is something that's not new. You know, I'm going to go with the same triples. Oh, so the next uh, topic, Brian, is the wheel you were just talking about for grid. Can't hear you. How's that? Yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah, so we did talk a bit, a little bit about this, and Dave Cam actually uh, got his hands on one himself, and this is the um, Grid Bison Labs Porsche RSR um, steering wheel that he got to try out, and uh, yeah, he had there were no superlatives um, high enough for his opinion on it. He called it a masterpiece, a work of art. Um, he loved it; it was fantastic. Um, uh, I like I like how he um, reviews this product these products. He he bases it on four things. He bases it on um, you know how well it's made, how's it look, how's it function, and you know what's the cost. And that's how he makes his purchasing decisions basically. And and um, you know basically uh, it, you know he said it looks fantastic. He goes through um, he goes through a, a good detail on all of this, all of the details on it. Um, it's the build. Quality, he said, was just absolutely perfect. Um, worked great. Showed some ver versions of the software. It's got a five-inch LED screen on there, that or LCD screen on there, and um, you know, the, he shows you how the software can change the the readouts. Um, really nice looking. The picture on the LCD screen was crystal clear. Um, and uh, you know, and the only thing that you know setback is is it's over a two thousand dollar wheel, so it's an expensive wheel. Um, but um, you know, he he makes the point, you know, what's what's too much, you know, what's when it comes to this stuff, and it's very subjective um, as far as price goes. You know, he said if he had the money, he would buy it, but um, but uh, yeah, but he couldn't say enough nice things about this this uh this wheel. $2,256 at grid-engineering.com. And it's the, uh, yeah. after the wheel we officially licensed. Time. Yeah, after the wheel we covered though last week, that's a, that's a bargain. The $10,000 one? Yeah. This one looks better to me than the $10,000 one, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I thought, I thought so too. And it is all, you know, the Porsche. Um, the Porsche sponsorship is all authentic, so um, it has Porsche's full support, which, again, throws a little extra um, as far as the expense goes to it as well. Right. You know, it's got that emblem on it. It's got the quality that Porsche is known for. You know, the grid engineering is all, every product they've put out has been just fabulous. So... Like you said, Dave Cam couldn't say enough about this. And there's a small group of people in the world that sim race that buy this high-end equipment. And like he said, it, it, you have the quid or you don't have the quid, you know, that's up to you. There's a lot of wheels to choose from now and different price points. And you can pretty much pick whatever the heck you want. It's a beauty. 
All right, well, we did cover the SimLab P1 Pro, or I guess, is it just called Pro? I don't remember the letters, but P1 we covered Pro. It is P1 Pro? All right, cool. Well, this uh, Instagram post by them is talking about their integrated monitor mount, uh, calling it massive, combining adjustability and looks with the Vario mounts included for perfect alignment. And it's just got a few nice shots of these new rigs that do seem to have a lot of adjustability options. I love this. I mean, when you compare this to the integrated triple monitor mount from Sim Labs that I currently own, it has zero adjustability to move forward and backwards. Like this has these big old sliders that go forward and backwards, it looks like. If I was to move mine, it, it would be tricky for sure uh, to get any kind of movement that direction. So right off the bat, I, I'm loving the new design. And these are sold separately, I, I take it. And so you can, you know, perhaps buy these for your existing rig as well. The monitor mount itself in the picture, I'm actually buying three of them because I think that's the one where you can adjust by the mills each way because I'm tired of seeing the gap on my on my monitors. It's driving me nuts. I, I have those. Um, you're going to like it. You basically have a small Allen wrench and just minutely screw and unscrew the little screws to do that fine adjustment. It's pretty cool. I was going to ask you if you had a referral code or a promo code or something like that before I bought. No, but you'll like it. All right, Justin, tell us a little about Dave Cam's review of the grid button box, the grid Porsche button box. Yeah, Dave Cam also got his hands on the grid by SimLab officially licensed Porsche 911 GT3 Cup button box. And he does a little video review on it, David. Yeah, I'm assuming uh, Grid must uh, Grid must have sent him a couple of products, uh, the wheel and and this button box as well. Um, and uh, yeah, and this one uh, is also Porsche sponsored. Um, it's it's got uh, tons of buttons. It's it's a carbon fiber faceplate. Um, nice mounting system. He goes over the mounting system for 8020. Um, this one's a lot more reasonable. I think it was in the 300 range. So um, for for a button box that has um, a lot of buttons on it, master switch toggles. Um, it's got it's it's fairly uh, it's fairly well priced. All things considered. And that's the shape that that you see in every Porsche button box. It's kind of it's what their dash looks like, pretty much in a real Porsche. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be a replica of that 911 GT3 dashboard, exactly. Yeah, and it's comprehensive, like you said. It's got all the different types of buttons that you could possibly want: knobs and starter with a you know a hidden uh, a cover on it. You know all the different things. So. Pretty nice uh, pricing is appropriate. Even with the Porsche branding, you'd think it would be more. But um, yeah, my, my ignition controls is just under $300. And it's got probably similar functionality to what this shows. I also, it doesn't look very deep. I always look for how deep these boxes are. Um, it, it, to me, only looks like maybe an inch, inch and a half deep. So pretty cool. All right, we covered this last week. Is it back up here because of the fact that it's replacing the P1X, or did we just not get it off the list? 
Well, I put this in as a placeholder to talk about what I did. I mentioned before, David, that I feel like when I, I mentioned this in our group chat this week, this is the next generation of cockpit. It really is. Um, and, I, and I'm kind of curious, is Track Racer going to follow suit and some of the other main cockpit manufacturers and do their own pro version? Um, yeah, that's why I have it back on the script, but I already mentioned that. All right, so we have uh, some Fanatech news. They've unveiled their new CSL Universal Hub V2 with nine new steering wheels. You're right. And it's $199.95 or $200, 200 euros. Um, the hub is 200 euros when you purchase it with one of our selected wheel rims. They have to buy the rim and the hub. So this isn't the long-awaited quick release from Fanatec, is it? I don't know. Brian, I think you had something really cool to say, but we're not hearing you. Anything else? Can you hear me now? There we go. So, uh, yeah, I was going to say um, something that was really insightful, um, which slipped my mind right now because I got a little sidetracked there. But um, what were we talking about? The... Um, is this the quick the fan, release that the we've been waiting yeah. for? No, right. No, I don't I think, don't think so. I, I think I, we're looking for a quick release replacement for the uh, Podium Hub, not for the uh, CSL series of wheels. So, uh, yeah, this is definitely not what I would look would be looking for to upgrade uh, our quick releases. I just not feeling good about buying into Fanatec right now. I mean, sure, if you have it, you know, and but if you're starting fresh. I would. I don't. I don't think I would recommend Fanatec. I just wouldn't. So, oh, this is an upgrade to the older model, correct? V two, it says version two. Uh, well, when I bought my rig, and the reason I asked that, when I bought my rig, I bought the last year's version of this. I actually got it brand new in the box. <laughs> I haven't used it. I can't use it because I was so naive. I didn't. I thought it worked with the actual wheel rim <laughs> not the hub like it didn't match my semi cube so whoops i know i made I a lot know. of I, I made a lot of bad purchases and then i got the quick release too for the fanatech had no idea what i was buying that's brand new in the box too if anybody needs it was that the podium quick release yeah i got the quick release and that hub thing brand new sealed I might have opened the hub to see the buttons. Yeah. If you can't use it, get that stuff sold, man. All right. We got one more video to wrap it all up. It's from Boosted Media, and he's covering the Cube Control SP01 pedals. Yeah, this is a little awkward, <laughs> this video, <laughs> because, I mean, he, so if you read the comments of the video in the comments, you quickly realize that he might have had some kind of pre-production set of pedals, and it, it there, which ended up being different than the pedals that were actually shipped. And that might account for the kind of bad review that Will Ford put out for these Cube Controls uh, load cell pedals. So maybe more to come. I don't know if uh, if that was the reason, but 
basically when he went to step on the pedals, throttle or brake, the little uh, twisty knob thing would turn just slightly every time he pushed down on the pedal. So every time you go to push it again, it was slightly pushed in or indented more than it should be. And so it was like a fatal flaw as far as I'm concerned. I mean, he was, he said it a little bit nicer, but to me that was a fatal flaw. And so he wasn't too shy about saying it, but, uh, but yeah. Well, he did mention that, uh, or, or there was uh, some text in his video saying that, you know, since finishing and editing the video, uh, Tube Controls uh, responded and said that the pedals were, were a pre-production and that the issues with that nylon sleeve uh, were fixed in the final product. So, um, yeah, so, so apparently they, they might have fixed it. So maybe we'll re-review it with the, um, the final version of it. But... Um, my my, they look really cool, but they're they're like a thousand dollars for a two pedal set of load cell pedals. That seems a little a little high for me for for that. And no base plate. How, and the no damper plate, kit or whatever extra. is extra, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, probably all in, and they, and they don't even make a clutch pedal just yet. So if you have to have a clutch, I don't know. What would you get? Two throttles or something? I don't know. Um, Seems seems like it's not quite ready for market, in my opinion, and uh, pretty high price too. I think I think at that price, by the time you get three pedals on that thing, I would be getting hydraulics for sure. Yeah, I mean, in Cube Controls, if you recall, they were teasing these for almost two years before they released um, at the Sim Expo and different things, and. And they kind of look futuristic, and they have a neat look to them. But, yeah, I mean, with all the things that Brian just said, and, you know, with Will Ford comparing it, you know, financially to the Heiskenveld Ultimates, you can get Heiskenveld Ultimates or um, Simtrex or some other pedal that he mentioned, you know, for cheaper than these, and you would have a base plate and three pedals, you know, and you wouldn't have the the little problem that he found and so forth. Okay, let's jump to results. NASCAR iRacing series. We'll finish up Darlington. Friday open, I got P19. I hit pit road with 30 to go. I got some passing on the yellow. Yikes. Um, that put me a lap down. I fought for the lucky dog, and then I got involved in a wreck. I fought again and did get the lucky dog, P19. And that was one of those deals where I was trying to get on the pit road and, and kind of inch up against the guy uh, in front of me, but the guy who stayed out that was you know in front of me and he stayed out on the, the track, he didn't catch up quickly. He was lagging back and that's why I got the penalty. I felt stupid. I, I should know better. Uh, Justin, you had a nice P5. Yeah, I started 31st. That was kind of my my strategy in Darlington not to qualify let them wreck up in the beginning drove real conservative 
never went more than 25 laps. My car wouldn't start getting good until lap 20, unfortunately. Uh, just kept inching forward and yeah, had a good end. All right. Tony Rochette, P8, went from 28th to 14th in the first five laps and just hung around top 10 most of the race. Sunday Open, Justin, P17. Yeah, again, like I said, I, my strategy is not to qualify, start 31st again, stayed in the back of the race, um, stayed in the back most of the race. Um, this is my biggest split yet for NIS 3.8. Uh, top five drivers were 7K, 6K, 5K, two 5K drivers, uh, kind of intimidating. Um, went on a 100 lap run, I'm not used to that at all. I actually started driving up a little bit, well, I drove it from 31st to 17th and gained a lot of eye rating. Still plussed up. Nice. Good run. Tony, P11. Definitely higher split than used to, but got caught in a wrecking car and then spent most of the race getting it fixed. Was even two laps down at one point and finished on the lead lap. Chris Waldron, P7. Stayed safe and avoided wrecks. Good, clean run. All right, moving on to Wednesday Open. Now, before that, I'm going to tell you the points over Tom Dryling, over myself, for Division Three, He had some like, I wanna say 140 points lead on me after the end of Darlington. So uh, I've had a couple real bad weeks. He's done pretty good and he's a much higher I rating. So yeah, he's definitely gapped me. So we'll see how it goes this week. Uh, Wednesday Open Kansas, I got E22. I just screwed up and ran over a guy. He kind of got into the wall and and I got wrecked real bad. Seven minutes damage. I limped it home P22. Chris got a P6. What a great run for him. David, P15. Yeah, I got a little robbed from a uh, from a wave around and I've, I've sent in a replay to iRacing. In fact, what I think happened is we had one guy that was in the lead. We had a long green flag run. We're like past lap 50. So everybody's starting to short pit, split their run into thirds. Uh, Caution, of course, comes out on, out on like lap 51. There's seven cars that haven't pitted yet. Well, all of them but one pit. He, he I guess, didn't realize pit were open or... or or didn't get, the field didn't get caught quick up caught up quick enough for him to feel safe to pit, and um, so he doesn't pit. But he pits the second time around because the pits are still open, right? And so he's in the pits, and we're coming to I guess what's going to be two to green, and then all of a sudden, four of the lead lap cars that pitted get to come up and pass half of the wave around eligible cars. So we, we, we get stuck a lap down behind the leaders and have to and have another long ride and, and we don't get our we don't get the wave around even though they pitted we didn't so we're sitting there running on they they've got the fresh tires and everything we're running on older tires and didn't get to go at least go around you know I did finally get it back but it was very late in the race and um, just kind of struggled to get back up to 15th so not terrible. Uh, but I don't like the fact that half of us, or a little about six or seven cars that should have been way around, didn't get it. It must have to be something to do with the guy pitted the second time by. Like, yeah, your way around is determined, you know, when the, the first time the pits are opened is when the wave around is determined. And because he was still out, he lost it. 
And it, it actually, it, it then why doesn't it close the pits for leaders? Because, all right, because it closes the pits after two degree, not one degree. So it's, it's, it should not determine the wave round based on that. And but even, even though I'm pretty sure that's what it did because the guys that were getting to pass us on that lap were marked position two, not position one. Um, but that's, that's simply, it, it, they shouldn't be sticking us behind them at that point. And we didn't have to go behind the whole field, just just four of them. And there were quite a few other uh, lead lap cars that it's, I, w- I was fourth in line, actually, or, or when when we went green and was in the started in the lucky dog position, in uh, effectively track position seven. All right, Dustin P thirty. Ouch. Yeah. Um... I started in the back like I usually do. I uh, ran good and inched my, inched my way up to the top 10. We went on 40 lap runs, I think it was, because it was right before the pit window every time. And I was coming off turn two, and there was a wreck uh, going into three and four, and they started collecting themselves, and they got back up on the track. And, well, two of them went back up on the track side by side at, like, 20 mile an hour when we were already two, three wide, and everybody scattered, and I caught the short end of the stick. I was done. Yikes. All right. Chris uh, got a P6. Man, he's been running great. First three quarters of the race was a wreck fest. Stayed in the back and made my moves after halfway. Ran the bottom to save tires and worked my way up to six. We were in the same split and I was in all that mess. The first three quarters wreck fest and he just stayed in the back and, and it worked for him. I Maybe maybe I should try something like that. That's kind of not my style, but maybe I should try it with all my luck lately. All right, uh, Thursday open, I ran. All right, a P10, I finally got a top 10. Pretty much sucked all day. I had several moments where I got loose and almost spun. I had, now check this out. At the very beginning, on the start, the, the whole outside lane doesn't go. And they stack up, and I thought I got brake checked. I mean, the guy in front of me literally hit the brakes after we were on the gas. And I ran into him 4X. The second lap, I'm driving through the middle in the corner and I get loose and drift up a little, barely touch this guy, he ends up in the wall and then another 4X. So I have 8X by lap two with no damage. And then I think I get another 4X like on six, you know, lap 60. So I'm running with 12X for most of the race. Um, but anyway, I kept it clean from that point on. Uh, was 15th on the final restart. Uh, with some carnage, I was able to get to 10th. I'll take it. <laughs> Other racing I ran, Chris McGuire hosted. I ran DW12 in Michigan, wrecked out. We ran street stock, dirt street stock at Lanier. It was a demo derby, basically. I finished P12. And then 87th at Talladega, I got wrecked out. All right, and with that, final thoughts, David Hall. Not a whole lot. Go check out the merch. We got it all set up. I'm actually working on adding a couple of more options for uh, a special numbered episode that's coming up soon. And I have ordered my merch myself. So, except I'll probably be ordering this uh, 400th episode shirt as well. 
Oh, that's next week. Yeah, I ordered some merch myself, a uh, bunch of stuff. So I, you know, I've had this podcast a long time. I do have one uh, shirt, uh, a polo shirt. David, you had made up at some point that says iRacers Lounge. But that's really all I got. We have some stickers and I have some stickers. <laughs> but this will be nice to have a bunch of different items. I, I got a couple hats. I got a jersey. I got a shirt and a mouse pad. So I kind of went to town. I have already added it, though. I've got to put it in the store. There is a there is a sticker for the 400 Irises Lounge that you can get. So get your sticker, guys. Get show some pride. All right, Brian McCubbin, final thoughts. Uh, well, still dealing with problems. So um, uh, it sounds like a broken record at this point, but I've really uh, trying to dig into it this past couple of days um still haven't find the found the problem yet but it still keeps crashing back to windows in the middle of a race and um you know, i've i've isolated everything that i could turned off i I'm not, i even run it on the monitor instead of running on vr just to make sure there's not an issue with that ran test sessions ai sessions hosted sessions all of them i get crashes on so um I got some help from uh, from our teammate Steve. He's got some stuff for me to check out, um, and I've even gotten iRacing involved. So far, they've been really responsive, though. To be honest with you, as far as um, getting uh, technical support, so um, um, just working through this. And please, God, don't have to buy a new computer. <laughs> There's got to be a way to fix what you got. Got to be a way. Okay, Justin Pearson, final thought. Not much. Um, just about to run the NIRS race here at nine. Um, I'm excited. Like I mentioned, uh, I'm going to get those monitor mounts to kind of clean up my rig. Uh, I'm getting to the point of my rig. It's been, God, eight months. And I'm finally getting to the point where it's built. I got everything where I want it. And now I can clean it up because I got wires everywhere. I got gaps in the screens. So I'm just cleaning it up and making it look nice. Yeah. I'm at a point where I need to rebuild my rig because I have one side sagging. Somehow I got some loose bolts somewhere. But uh, yeah, I'm going to wait till season's over uh, before I take this thing apart. And when I do, I'm going to do a cleanup like you're doing. Just make sure all the wires are tidy and clean and professional looking. Absolutely. Greg Hectus, are you there? Final thoughts. No, Greg's not with us. All right, my final thoughts. Uh, man, I've just been struggling at NIS the last couple of weeks. I don't know what it is. Is it me? Is it my luck? Is it both? I got my uh, cataract surgery done and successfully, and I can see out of both eyes very well now. And it seems like I've not done better since I've had both eyes. Uh, I seem to have raced better with one eye. So that's a little dismaying. I'm like, crap what's going on here so it's hard to say it's a 36 week season there's ups and downs i just feel like i'm on a down curve right now um already sick of kansas i'm glad i got a top 10 hopefully i can get something better tomorrow night and and pad my points a little bit more uh as far as the points go right now um 36 points but tom has not run this week i don't think he ran last night he did run today he'll probably run tomorrow or sunday 
and he'll get a hundred or so points and, and uh, get it back to where it was. So I don't know if I'm going to catch him. I'm kind of waiting for the drop weeks and uh, we'll see how it shakes out. And with that, hey, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the Odd Racers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.